Hi, I'm Pam, and I would like to welcome you to the Live Authentically Show. My team and I help other people step into their authentic realities via a number of different modalities. This show is obviously one of them. We also have a Facebook group of like-minded people committed to spiritual growth and transformation, and we would love to have you join us. You could find us at liveauthentically.today slash FB. So I am super pumped that on my show with me today, I have David Meltzer. Hey, David. Hey again, how are you? Hello, doing great. Thank you. I have to say, I've been so pumped about this. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning last night, like with ideas. My spirit guides were like, ask this, ask this. So I have to say, I'm super pumped. And I know you have a really powerful message to share with our audience today. Um, This is going to be life-changing. Just so my audience knows, this interview is going to be life-changing. It's a super profound message. And I guarantee that you are all going to walk away with this, looking at the world and looking at your lives differently and making choices that are even more aligned with who you are. So I'm super pumped to have David share his powerful message. Um, and I love, I love this story because this is a story of rags to riches that, you know, not only once, but, but two times over. And I'm going to have you uh, ask you to talk a little bit about that today. But before we launch into you and your story, I start my shows off with the same question every time. And that question is, okay, are you ready? Well, that's not the actual question. But... <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Is that a okay. good answer? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, how do you live authentically every day? Well, I think to live authentically, you need to know your what, your who, your how, your now, and your why. Uh, but to know that would be to know your potential as you talk about authenticity. So for me, it's enjoying the consistent every day, persistent without quit, pursuit of my own potential using the what, the who, the how, the now, and the why to figure out that potential. And I, um, you know, I don't I know authenticity is a big piece of who you are. And as you're living your truth and helping others to step into theirs, um, I love, I know your story, of course, your background, but I would love for you to, let's start with a challenge. I thought, how can I make this kind of interesting and fun? So let's do just a one minute challenge, just a condensed version of your story. And I'd really love for you. I mean, one of the, one of the things that's captivating many elements of your story is captivating, obviously, but just the extremes, right? I'd like you to illustrate the magnitude of the extremes and kind of this, this roller coaster of net worth, this roller coaster of emotions, et cetera, that you've been on that's ultimately helped to get you to where you are. So just I'll give you about a minute or so to just broad brushstroke kind of color in your journey. I want to thank you for framing it because it could go on and on. So my journey is about uh, my relationship with money in three different worlds, a world where I was born of not enough. I had a dad who left me when I was five, single mom, six kids, packing our dinner in a paper bag, and then me wanting to be rich uh, and only rich to buy my mom a house and a car. Uh, so from the time I was five years old, money was going to buy me love and happiness, going to buy my mom a house and a car. Uh, graduating from law school, um, I... Uh, was blessed to want to make money. So I, instead of being a oil and gas litigator, I worked in the internet in 1992. Uh, and within nine months, I was a millionaire. And from 24 years of age until about 34, money did buy me love and happiness. Everything in my life affirmed it from, we sold the company for $3.4 billion. I went to the Silicon Valley in the 90s and raised hundreds of millions of dollars. By the time I was 30, not only was I a multimillionaire running Samsung's phone division, the world's first smartphone for Microsoft and Samsung. But more importantly, I had married my dream uh, girl, the girl that I met in the fourth grade who hated me. And I even equated her loving me to how much money I had at the time. 
Uh, and the funny thing was, I went from a world of not enough where I was a victim, where I used to ask my mom, why? Why me? Why us? Why can't we have to a world that most people would think was abundant, but a world for me where things didn't happen to me, but for me. And I bought things I didn't need uh, to impress people I didn't like. So if I wasn't happy, I'd buy more things or different things to impress people or even people I didn't like. And at 34, uh, having everything I ever dreamed of, including my beautiful wife and three daughters, everybody happy and healthy and wealthy, I was completely empty. I surrounded myself with the wrong people and the wrong ideas. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of my father who gave me a jacket uh, with no pockets to remind me money doesn't buy happiness to my best friend, the guy who actually asked my wife to go study at sixth grade camp for me and she said no and he embarrassed me to my wife herself, basically slapping me in the face and telling me I was lost and she was going to leave me. Uh, I ended up changing my life and moving from the world of not enough and just enough uh, into a world of more than enough. The funny thing about my life as we finish up, as my minute ends, um, I'm one of the few people that bottomed out two years before I lost everything. So I lost over $100 million, went bankrupt, uh, but I was prepared for it. I still think my bankruptcy is one of the best things that's ever happened to me, uh, proving that my own radically humble and vulnerable and vulnerable self allows me to live in the pursuit of my potential with gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and inspiration as my guidepost to empower over a billion people to be happy. And so my journey was from rags to riches, back to rags, and now I live in an abundant world of more than enough of everything for everything. Not a victim, not buying things I don't need to impress people I don't like, but simply receiving so I can give, uh, knowing that there's more than enough of everything for everyone. Thank you for sharing that. I'd love to dive a little deeper in the, the then and now, the David then and now in terms of, I'd like to really sort of examine your psyche a little bit and look on the inside, because I think in so many cases, you know, we're conditioned to, to live life from the ego, right? We're conditioned to, to evaluate our lives based on how it looks from the out, outside, right? So it looked like you were living in the lap of luxury. You had everything, right? And, and, you know, I too, I had my own version of that story, obviously not to the magnitude you did, but, you know, I built the 12,000 square foot custom built house, eventually decided to sell it. And I said, you know what, this is fool's gold. Like this is not where happiness is. This is not my truth. And I think again, with no judgment, but so many people go down that path and we just keep reaching for that next ego-based barometer. Maybe the corner office will make me happy. Maybe the house will make me happy. Maybe the, you know, I know someone who had nine Porsches at one time. I said, why did you have nine Porsches? He said, I was miserable on the inside. I was empty on the inside. And you used that word earlier. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about what was going on on the inside then. And then we can talk about what's going on on the inside now. You know, I have great clarity in that because I think if I go down my lists of needs, it'll explain what I had going on in the inside. I felt as if I had a need to be separate. Uh, I had a need to be inferior, a need to be superior. Uh, I was, had a need to be anxious and frustrated and angry, resentful and guilty. Um, all of those different needs of the ego. I need, need to be offended a lot and, and the need to be right. Uh, and so I had all these things going on inside. I had attached all of my emotions to an outcome. You know, mm -hmm. so just like you and just like the nine Porsches, I'll be happy when I graduate law school. I'll be happy when I'm a millionaire, when I buy my house in a car, when I become 
a multimillionaire. When I do that, everything, my emotions were attached instead of attaching my emotions to the pursuit of my potential and enjoying that. And so who I was before was a person who lived in ego-based consciousness. Mm -hmm. And today, because I've been able to identify that, uh, I live in this world of abundance where I actually identify, see, I, I, I know that that still exists for me. And my uh, quest is to spend minutes and moments in the ego-based consciousness, not days, weeks, months, and years mm -hmm. like I did before. So for me, I have a practice of ending ego-based consciousness. I have a practice of ending fear by number one, identifying when I have those needs of the ego that are innate within my quantum being. And then just simply, instead of being the aggressive, get over it, under it, through it, around it, lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, simply just stop. Mm -hmm. I call myself a ferocious Buddha uh, because you have to be ferocious to one, have enough vulnerability to identify when you're in ego-based consciousness, but more importantly, probably one of the most courageous and ferocious things that I do every day is to not accelerate in the wrong direction, to not resist all of the ego-based consciousness, but simply to stop, breathe, drop down to my higher self, mm -hmm. and that's my center, and then roll in the right trajectory. Not wasting time, emotion, not ruining relationships, but simply living in the flow of abundance. Uh, I always like to state that I simply i'm happy where i am i'm angling at all times towards what i want mm -hmm. with everything i have i do have a desire that i must be what i can be but i have one thing that was missing in my life before which is faith i no matter what happens pain mistakes failures i always have faith that i'm going to end up somewhere better as long as i can find the light the love or the lessons in that mistake or pain it's no longer a stop sign in my life it's simply a turn signal to get me to a better place or a better position. Yeah, I love that. And that really brings up for me one of my favorite Buddhist phrases, which is pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. So it's completely normal and really necessary for us to feel pain on our human during our human experience and on this earthly journey. But we do have to stop and have the acute level of self-awareness that you've you've mastered and say, you know what, I'm gonna stop, I'm gonna take a deep breath, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of pull myself together here and I'm going to make a conscious decision about how I'm going to move forward and not fall victim and not stay stuck in that place of suffering. That's when we really become empowered when we move out of that place of pain into suffering. So thank you for sharing that. During your fall from grace, I'm sure that there were many tough moments. I'm sure there were many moments that were just steeped in emotion. What was emotionally the hardest moment for you during that challenging period? You know, for me, it was, uh, the epiphany of, of that I was lost. You know, my it was in a period of time when I there's a terrific book called Don't Take Yes for an Answer by Stephen Hertz. And I was living in, I was running the most notable sports agency in the world, living in ego. I had access to everything and everyone and the money to to take advantage of it. And uh I kept hearing, you know, a few people in my life telling me I was lost, but mostly everybody telling me yes, 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 just bleeding me. And I came home uh, one morning uh, completely wasted. I, I was, you know, partying way too much. In fact, I had lied to my wife. I had told her I was going to a business meeting. And I went to the Grammy Awards with a famous rapper named Little John. And I came home wasted at 530 in the morning and my wife was waiting there. And uh, she told me she wasn't happy. 
uh, told me that I better take stock in who I was or what I wanted to become. And, you know, I basically told her to F off. How dare she talk to me that way? Look mm-hmm. around you. Who do you think provided all these things? And I went to bed and I woke up even more lost. And I was looking, searching for, you know, a number of a friend that was a lawyer so I could take her happiness since money bought happiness and love. I was going to take her money and leave. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing was, you know, at that low point, I looked into my closet and I mentioned a jacket that my father gave me on my 30th birthday. And at that time when he gave it to me, I was equally as mad at him because he gave me a present after 20 years of not giving me anything. 20 years, he gives me a birthday present, a jacket with no pockets. And he told me it's because I needed to learn that money doesn't buy happiness or love, that I was going to be buried in that jacket. You can't take anything with you when you're gone. And I hated him for it. I told him at the time I hung up on him. I said, I'm nothing like you. You're a liar, a cheater, a manipulator, a overseller, backend seller. And there I was in my room at my lowest point. So living in blame, shame, and justification. And I looked at the jacket and I just started to cry. So I realized I don't hate my father. I don't hate my wife. I hate myself. And uh, it was hard. That was... Sure. And so I took stock in who I was and it was enough uh, to live by the understandings that I pursued. I don't, and didn't know at the time, but I just wrote down these four words. Gratitude, forgiveness, accountability. And at that time, it was effective communication because I felt I was missing all of them. And uh, I wrote them down and told myself each day I was going to live with these things as my guidepost. And everything I built in the last 16 years have been built off of those four, 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 four words. And I have exceeded my expectations of how powerful living your life with those four principles are. And that's why I'm here today. Thank you for sharing that. And for the amount of vulnerability that that took to share, I know that that takes an extraordinary amount of courage to share. And um, I commend you on everything that you've done to get out of that, that rock bottom moment into where you are today. I mean, I want to get, I know we have a few more minutes and I'd like to talk about all of the amazingness that you're doing here, but you know, I work with a lot of high level, you know, highly accomplished, super successful, highly educated alpha males such as yourself. And I know that can be one of the most challenging things is, you know, I know you're not alone in that situation, not to discount or invalidate what you've went through, but, you know, I see this all the time. I mean, someone said to me recently, you know, just last week, I thought I was going to be happy when I was the CEO of a couple of different corporations. I have all of material possessions I have, you know, I could possibly have in the world, but I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed and I'm just not happy and I don't know how to find it. So I think that so many people find themselves in that situation, but what was, what is one of the first steps that someone can take in order to garner some momentum from getting from that rock bottom moment that you just described, feeling empty and lost, disconnected, et cetera, to gaining some momentum to finding happiness? You know, I think a very simple uh, lesson of finding your what, forget about your why. Uh, I think starting with what do I want personally today? What mm-hmm. do I want experientially today? What do I want to give today? And then work on receiving as well and say, what do I want to receive? Which will be the most difficult and longest to practice and process. But I think people don't think about their what. And if we can give ourselves a what, 
uh, and realize that we are allowed to change our mind. We're allowed to make mistakes and grow and learn. It's a good thing. We're, when we feel stuck, that's a good thing. That means we're growing. If your, feet, if your kid's feet grow and they're stuck in their shoes, that's a good thing. That means they need a bigger shoe. Uh, being stuck just means you need a bigger shoe. You're fine. But just when we know our what and then realize that in order to get our what, we have to rely on the three things that we control. Number one, our mindset. Number two, our heart set, how we feel. And then three, the conscious continuum of what we think, say, do, believe, and even the uh, hereditary traits of our personality, our characteristics, obsessions, and addictions. So if we can know our what and rely on what we're in control of, our mindset, our heart set, and our conscious continuum, you'll be far along your way of not just being motivated to get up, get back up, get started, and get restarted, but more importantly, inspired to live in a world of more than enough in spirit through you with appreciation for others. That is so beautiful. Thank you. I, I believe that there is a big push right now. I think there's a big need in this world for some energy rebalancing, right? Between the masculine, divine masculine and divine feminine. And I know you talk a lot about the blend, that, that perfect blend between patience and persistence. So I'd like to hear you talk about that a little bit that, you know, I think we're conditioned to live in this, in this space of you know, productivity and doing and forcing and controlling and making stuff happen, et cetera. But the magic really happens when we can blend that with surrendering and faith and trusting the process and allowing and having patience. So I'd love to hear a little bit of commentary around that. Yeah. I think one of the most ferocious things we can do is be happy where we are. And I think it's a step that everybody misses. Mm -hmm. uh, and so when we blend persistence or temper persistence with faith, patience, allowance, first step is we have to be happy where we are. We have everything we need. We are happy. We are healthy. We are wealthy even. It's what are we doing to interfere with that? And when we shift the paradigm of our perspective to I am happy, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right place at the perfect time, then that gives us a foundation to utilize. That's the law of gravity, I call it. We are exactly where we're supposed to be, feet on the ground. Then we implement the law of Goya uh, which John Asseroff uh, coined for me, get off your ass, meaning you got to have the desire to, to be what you must be. You have to enjoy the consistent, persistent. This is the persistent side of, of what that temperance is. And then when we know that we're angling to, our want, uh, to what we want, using pain as an indicator, not as a stop sign, we then can have faith that better is going to happen. That we are exactly where we're supposed to be, angling with everything we have to what we want and enjoying it. But most importantly, having faith that no matter what occurs, we're going to end up in a better place, a better situation. And that's where allowance comes is that we are not bigger. We are ripples. We are not the ocean. We are a ray of sun. We're not the sun. And we can't understand everything. We don't know what we don't know. So when you go bankrupt, and you sit there on the side of your bed thinking, how am I going to tell my mom, number one, I went bankrupt, but two, that I lost her house because I forgot to take her name, my, my name <laughs> off the title. And you sit there and you say to yourself, wow, when I learn the lesson from this, I'm going to be in an extraordinary place. Mm -hmm. This one must be really good because I feel a lot of pain. And then you make your purpose greater than your pain and you pursue it. And next thing you know, it turns into the greatest thing that's ever happened to you, losing everything, because without it, you wouldn't be in a better place, a better situation, able to empower 
over a billion people to be happy with all the wonderful things in your life, to be happy, healthy, and wealthy in the right way by living in the world of more than enough. That to me is how persistence and patience are blended together with faith and persistence. And you embody that and do that so beautifully every day. So what is your legacy going to be? What is the world going to forever remember you as? I get choked up when people ask me that question. Kindness. It's simply, that's my legacy is going to be kindness. I'm going to leave the world in a kinder way. And uh, I tell people all the time, be kind to your future self, do good deeds. And if I can leave a legacy, it's going to be kindness. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, I know the world knows you as uh, in many different roles. You know, you're a guru of tech, sales, sports, and marketing, and you're in those businesses. But as I look at you through my lenses, I see you in the business of helping people connect with their souls. And I believe that that is the highest form of service anyone can attain on this planet. So I commend you for all of your, everything that you do, everything that you do to spread love and light in this world and uh, to help move humanity forward in a powerful way. And uh, thank you again for being here today. This has been such a beautiful interview. And I, it's been such an honor to share this time and space with you today. Oh, the honor is all mine. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. Thank you again so much. And anybody can reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com. I give all my books away, my guides, my exercises, my trainings. I have a podcast. I just found out today is number one uh, in the United States. So a big day. Come join me. Yeah, if there's anything, I know you have so much momentum behind your movement, but if there's anything I can ever do to help get behind that and help impart your message into the world further, I'd be more than happy to do that. So just let me know. I'm grateful. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.